Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Morning, everybody. Morning. How's everybody doing today? Thank God. Uh, it's Christmas time. I'm actually not a big fan of Christmas, <laughs> but everybody else loves it, so I'm happy for everybody. I'm not a hater. I'm happy for everybody. <laughs> Every store I go in, it's the same song playing, but uh, <laughs> today our, our reading will be out of 1 John chapter 1. If you have your Bibles or, or the, the, the Bible app on your phone, go there and uh, say amen when you get there. I think sometimes we forget how supernatural the, just the fact of the Bible is, right? The, how, from how long it was written to how many different authors to it be a consecutive story through and through and have, have this, this similar thread. It, it's uh, like when people are asking for a sign, it's like we well, have the Bible. This is, this is one of the, this is the biggest sign you're going to get probably because it, it's such a miraculous book. And sometimes when we're reading the Bible, we're forgetting that, you know, one, it's a miraculous book. Two, it's inspired by the Holy Spirit. So if the Holy Spirit felt it was important for it to be there, it must be important to you in some way, shape, or form. I was listening to um, Pastor um, Dave Roberson the other night while he was, I was listening to him, and uh, he asked one of these guys, he said, how do you get through the boring parts of the Bible, like with all the measurements and the details and all the, you know, all the specifics? He said, well, when I get through those parts, I just worship God because if he felt the details of the tent were this important, then the details of my life must be so much more important. So it's never, um, it's never a word that's out of place, a word that's not purposefully there. And so when you read the word or hear the word, it should always be with the, the knowing, like the Holy Spirit is trying to speak to me some way today so I can learn something, so I can grow, so I can mature, whatever it may be, so I can be comforted. So as I read the word, just open your hearts, open your ears, pay attention. First John 1, that which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest and we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sins. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. And thank God for the reading of the word. Amen. The word of God is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, right? Yeah. Amen. Dividing the sun to the soul and the spirit. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you for the word of God. It is, the, it is our life. It is the rule and, the, and practice of our faith. It is the source of our faith. And thank you for giving us the word of God. You saw fit that the word would, that you would move among men, holy men of God of old, 
to write under your under the direction of your spirit, the guidance of your spirit. So we do not take the word of God for granted. We thank you that it is alive and well. And that Lord, that we can take that word and 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 stand on it and act upon it and see your power released in our lives. Thank you for the word of God, for it is uh, the thing that you teach us, Father. You don't use sickness and disease to teach your children. You use your word. And thank you, Father, that your word is powerful. Thank you, Lord. And grant unto me, your son, and your slave, supernatural, supernatural divine utterance, that I may boldly make known the mysteries of the gospel. Think, think through my mind. Speak through my lips. May I operate in the graces that you've given me as a pastor and a teacher, as a mouthpiece in this house for this time. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your grace. Mm. Thank you. Lord, I connect my tongue to my spirit, and I thank you for divine utterance. Grant unto your people the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of your calling, what are the riches of your glory, of your inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards them that believe? Thank you that today will be a changing of the mind and the changing of the heart that you're setting us up for the rest of our lives, and the rest of this church, Father. I thank you for great things you have in store, and we walk into it as we prepare for 2023. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Take your Bibles, raise it up, make the devil mad. <laughs> Say, this is my Bible. I see a lot of. Um, um, smart Bibles. <laughs> uh, God, God, give me some people with some physical Bibles. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, look, <laughs> the ancient days, right? Uh, I'm, 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 I'm happy that you're reading the Bible, uh, even if it's on your phone. Father, I thank you that this is the word of God. I said, this is my Bible. I have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I, it can, I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. Today I will be taught the word of God. I will be taught the incorruptible, imperishable word of God. And I'll never be the same. Never, ever, ever be the same. In Jesus' name. Give God some praise. Amen. Hey man, Joel Osteen stole that from me, so you know, don't hate. <laughs> I was doing it when he was on the cameras. I was doing it. Really, true, true story. I stole it from his from his father. So, <laughs> as a little kid, I used to see his father do it. So, and I said, when I be a come a pastor, a preacher, I'm going to do the same thing. And then I started doing it. And then he kind kind of came up and took the sign. And so <laughs> I was like, I better not do it because they think I'm copying this guy. But anyway, it's a joke. Um, all right. Um, we're, going to, we're talking about in our series. It's so good to see Minister Allen. Give it up for him. Shout, give a shout out to him. Amen. Amen. And give a shout out to Desiree today. It's her birthday, I've heard. <laughs> Happy birthday, young woman of God. <laughs> she, she, she knitted together our, um, um, our slain cloth. <laughs> and so we're so very grateful for that. <laughs> If you don't know what it is, um, we'll talk about it some other time. <laughs> All right, go, um, 
Go back to our familiar text, Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. Romans chapter 1, verses 15, or 16 and 17. We're talking about faith, one of my favorite subjects that I have. The, the one area that has changed my life that has been, I guess, the, the most impactful is really faith. And um, even though I haven't preached a lot about it um, as much, as I probably should have, but I, when I was a kid, a teenager, I said I wasn't going to preach a lot about faith because that's all I grew up listening to for the most part. And, and because I was like, there's plenty of faith preachers, teachers, so what, what, what can I contribute to this, this field? But um, as you see, I'm teaching about faith. <laughs> but I, I remember making the decision as a kid, a teenager, that I wasn't going to preach about faith. That's not the message that God has called me to. Because there was, to me, there was a lot of people preaching about it. But I, as, as, I, as I see now that there's not a lot of preaching, preaching on faith as much. Right now, I think that there's what we call fame faith, which is fake faith. Sometimes um, people just don't have a clear understanding of what faith is. And so I, I believe that God has led us to do this. And then next year, we're going to start faith school on a Wednesday night for those who don't who want to come out. And if you choose not to come out, then we'll just make those things available online. If I preach nothing else but the camera, that's fine too. Um, but we're gonna start like a faith school. And we've, we attempted in a time past, but I think we're gonna go, go in this time. Amen, <laughs> amen. Um, faith, faith that works. So that's what the title is, Faith That Works. Romans chapter 16 and 17. Uh, one of my favorite passages, um, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. If there's a, ever a time to not be ashamed of the gospel is now. Not to be ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Notice that it's the power of God for everyone, but specifically to those who believe. There's a, there's a I've been reading First and Second Timothy and Titus. I try to almost every week, two or three times a week. And one thing that Paul said was that God is the savior of everyone, especially those who believe. So um, even though salvation is available to everyone, the people who really experience salvation is those who believe. And then he goes on, he says, to the Jew first and also to, to the Greek, for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith, for faith. I love that the fact that it says God's righteousness is revealed in the gospel. We see his standard, his way of doing things. We see his holiness. God's righteousness is revealed in the gospel. From faith, for faith. I think King James says from faith to faith. I'm not sure. But from faith, for faith. So the gospel, it starts in faith, and it, it, it brings faith. From faith, for faith, as it is written, here's Paul quoting the Old Testament, the righteous shall live by faith. King James says the just shall live by faith. And so as believers, we're called to live by faith. This was the passage that actually started the Reformation with Martin Luther. And he came across that, that the just shall live by faith. The other 
passage that we're going to read out of King James is Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. KJV says this, says, for I'm, I, I am crucified with Christ. And notice we, we, we talked about how it's present tense. I am. I am crucified with Christ. Not that I was, but I am. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. So because I'm a King James, I was born in a King James house. <laughs> And um, that was the main dominant translation. I began to look into the word TH, right? Um, it, a lot of times you'll see that in the King James. And I heard from a great older preacher, whenever you see TH, it's present tense and it's, it's continues. It means continuation. But Christ lives or continues to live in me. And so he says, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. But Christ continues to live in me, and the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So, so let's just uh, look at this a little bit. It says, I live by, the New English translation says, I live by the faithfulness of the Son of God. And this says, I live by the faith of the Son of God, or the faith that the Son possesses. I live by that faith. Yes. How many know that we, we serve a God of, a God of faith? Yes. Yes. Yeah, he, he's a faithful God, and he's a person, a being of faith. And we, we see that from the Old Testament. It actually says this, that, you know, God said he believed that those words that he spoke was to come to pass. He kind of gave us a model how to live, how to create our world by speaking. Notice that he was very intentional in what he spoke. He just didn't speak anything. He could have said, oh, God, the sky is falling. And guess what would happen? The sky was going to be falling. And so he was very intentional of what he spoke because he understood that what he spoke was going to manifest. What, let, let's, let's, let's imagine every word that you speak comes to pass. <laughs> every word. So when you said, if you say, um, God, damn this person, you're, you're calling that God is damning this person. So it kind of makes you wonder the power. And the Bible tells us that we're going to be judged by every idle word, every non-working word. So today we're going to talk about faith that works. How do we put this faith to work? You know, we, we believe we are people of faith. We have all these great confessions and we're not moving for the, from these confessions till we see what we have so, to what we're believing for. And when we get what we are believing for, we're going to revise it and get some more confessions. Right. right. The, we, we start this thing in faith and we will continue in until the day that we see Jesus or he cracks or either one. He cracks the sky or we go to be with him. Faith is a. It's something that is essential. Uh, is the Christian, Christian religion is called the Christian faith. It takes faith to walk this journey with Christ. There are many um, correct de definitions of faith, and I've said this a million times, and I keep saying it. There are different facets of faith. And so sometimes when you look up in the Greek and even in Hebrew, it has a different, it's based on the context, right? 
context is king. So context defines for us what that faith is. And so we, we gave you some basic definitions of faith uh, last week and the week before. Here some, here's just a reminder. I'm just going to mention about four or five. In the Greek, it, it's a firm persuasion, a conviction of the truthfulness of God. A firm persuasion and the conviction of the truthfulness of God. And also, I, I like this definition, it's, it's a pledge of fidelity. You, you're pledging your, 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 your alliance. You, 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 you are committed to it. Your conviction, a firm conviction producing a full knowledge of God's revelation of truth. God's revelation or truth. Another definition is complete trust, confidence, or reliance. Um, a reliance upon Christ for salvation. So when we talk about faith, we're talking about relying on Christ for our salvation. It's, it's a, and then the, the practical definition of it or the working definition of faith that we decided to major on is faith is acting on the word of God. Faith is believing. Everything on the Christian journey hinges on faith. We talked a little bit about unbelief. Unbelief is a lack of religious belief. It is the absence of faith. It is disbelief. It is even the rejection of truth. Doubt is disbelief. Question the truth, fear, and be afraid of. To fear, that, that's one definition of doubt. Now, according to Pastor Kenneth Estrada, there are two categories of unbelief. The first one is ignorance. And the second is rejecting to receive, rejecting the truth or re rejecting the truth or rejecting the word. Two types of unbelief, ignorance, and then there's the rejection of the word. That's unbelief. You, you see some people, they, we, we, often people want to pray, Lord, help my unbelief. And, 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 and notice that that wasn't something that God required of us to ask, because as, as a Christian, we all have faith. There's not one Christian that doesn't have faith. If, if a person doesn't have faith, they don't, they're not a Christian. And we talked about three categories of faith, or three categories, whether no faith, little faith, great faith. I would say that when people say that Christian doesn't have faith, they really have perhaps little faith. So we've all been, measured, been granted the measure of faith, a measure of faith, the faith. And we have to develop it, right? We talked about that last week to developing your faith. How many are you going to develop your faith? You got to put your faith into practice. And, and, and as you know, that trials are opportunities to strengthen your faith. We don't thank God for the trials, but we thank God for the opportunities in the trials. Uh, we, people glorify trials. They, 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 you know, I've said this a million times. I keep saying it. Um, they give glory to trials. Oh, this trial made me. What about the God that you were serving while you were going through? Didn't he make you? Because there's safe and unsafe people who go through the same things. And so trials, there's nothing spiritual about trials in the sense that they're making you. What's make, what makes you is what you do in the trial. <laughs> um, um, don't give, you know, oh, this school helped me to become a, you know, gave me, I became, I got, I possessed a, a master in this field. So the school has made me a master of it. No, you know those, there's people who got a lot of degrees but don't know anything. 
So it's not that it's not that the fact that you have you went through a program, but it's what you're doing. You have a working knowledge of that material, and you became you begin to master something in a specific field that gives you that degree that now you are somewhat of, a, of an expert. And then when you get a PhD, now you 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 take you build upon what you have mastered in that program, and now you 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 see a specific field, and you want to contribute to an area that no one else ha has ever made the connections, and now you're closing the gap just a little bit. So you're building upon what went before us, and as Christians, we are building upon the faith that came before us. Father Abraham is our model of how to operate in faith. Now, y'all can go home now. <laughs> uh, we, we, faith, we live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We're saved by faith. You can't please God without faith. Everything in the Christian journey requires faith. God is going to require your faith. Romans 14, 23 says, whatever is not of faith is sin. So if we're not operating in faith, we're sinning. Mm. <laughs> faith is always present tense. Faith is never in the past or in the future. Hope, on the other hand, is always future. Faith is always now. Hebrews 11, verse 1, let's go over there. You can't talk about faith without touching Hebrews 11 just a little bit. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 11, we're talking about faith that works. Last week, we talked about living faith. This week, we're talking about faith that works. And this is KJV. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, for it is the evidence of things not seen. Now, I used to think that this was the definition of faith, but it isn't. It actually tells us what faith does. Faith, a, a, a Moffat translation says, now faith Faith means that we are confident of what we hope for and convinced of what we do not see. Another translation actually says this, faith gives substance to the things that we're hoping for. As, 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 as a baker, as a, a former baker, not professional, just on a local scale, um, I used to bake sweet potato pies. I used to, um, Minister Allen used to come down all the way to Willenboro just to get, um, I think the largest number was six at one time, or three. Yeah, it's six. He used to drive all the way to come and get some, some sweet potato pie, PD's famous sweet potato pies. So as a baker, and, and then I used to make brownies and, and all this stuff on a regular basis. And so, um, you know, you think about the substance of a cake or a brownie or a sweet potato pie, the substance of it, right? And, and, and faith, in order for faith to work, you got to have the substance, right? Uh, or, or in other words, in, for hope to become a reality, your faith gives substance to things hoped for. So your faith is the materials that are needed for the hope. The hope is actually the end results. It's the product, right, of brownies and a sweet potato pies. And so your faith gives substance to the very picture that you have on the box. So whatever your hope, you gotta have your faith to bring that into reality. Even though God has already made provision 
for everything you and I need, your faith makes it a reality in your life. You don't, re you don't receive according to the ability of God. You receive according to your faith. So it's not the question if God can. It's if, are you in a position to receive? That's what faith is. <laughs> so faith gives substance to what you're hoping for. CSB says um, faith is the reality of what you hope what you hope for. It is the evidence of what we don't see. How do you know God is real? My faith. My firm persuasion, my conviction of the truthfulness of God. That's my proof. Amen. The Bible talks about in Hebrews 11. Let's go to verse 2. It says, by faith, for by it, the elders obtain a good report. I, I want a good report. So you got to have, you got you to know what it is. And we saw from 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, you are to pursue faith. Faith should be a pursuit of yours. And of course, love. Um, um, we talked about righteousness and, and those who follow God, call on God out of a pure heart. But faith has to be somewhere. Your, your, your aim as a believer. Notice it, it just didn't say follow after humility. As, though, as, great, as great, great, humility is great, but you need your faith. It takes great faith to be humble. Because you're saying, I depend on God. <laughs> you got to have great faith. The greater your faith, the more humility you'll display. So we got to pursue faith, what it is and what it's not and how to operate. And there are a lot of believers who are operating in assumptions, presumptions, they, and, and then foolishness. That, you know, some people say, well, I'm going to believe God and, and not go to the doctor. But guess what? It takes faith to not go to the doctor just as, as much as take faith to go to the doctor, to not have the surgery or to have the surgery. You still got to use faith. So whether you have go under the knife, I trust you, Lord. Right. Or whether you I stand and believe, whatever, whatever it helps. You, you, I, I'm not here to tell you. I, I know there are people who, who say I'm not going to go to the doctor. I believe God. Well, guess what? I believe God and go to the doctor every year. <laughs> I'll take the medicine that will relieve me from that pain for a couple hours and I can be free to confess the word instead of enduring the pain because I'm believing God. <laughs> Foolishness. Uh, um, if somebody, if there's danger, well, I have faith. And they go out and like, you know what I'm saying? Like if, if I see somebody shooting up, I'm not going to be around. I got faith. Psalm 91 is working. And you'll probably, we'll probably have somewhere to go in a couple of weeks. Well, depend on your family dynamics. Whether well, it's a couple of days, a couple of weeks, and we get enough money, whether you got life insurance policy or to go for me. <laughs> right? It, it just depends on what, how, how, how this thing will turn out. Cremation or an actual body. I mean, all kinds of stuff going on. So we, we will have somewhere to go. <laughs> a memorial with a picture, you know, whatever. I'm not, you know, I'm not. You know, I know the screen just went blank. I'm not coming against those GoFundMe. We had to do a GoFundMe for my brother. He reached up out of the grave and got my pocket. I'm like, yo, still asking for money <laughs> in, in the grave. Hey, you're going to pay for this. You're going to preach it and pay for it. I'll get your friends to pay for it. Sorry. <laughs> uh, 
So don't be moved by people saying they're living by faith. Living by faith doesn't mean quitting your job and going into ministry. Because <laughs> you, you got to live by faith if you have the job or you don't. I've had two or three and still live by faith. <laughs> so it doesn't, it, like, sometimes people have a twisted view of faith. You know, oh, it takes faith to, you know, I'm, I'm growing up hearing these great stories in Africa and, and different countries, third world countries, developing countries. And, oh, they walk for miles and miles for church. Well, they walk for miles and miles for everything. <laughs> I mean, they act like, am I lying, my African members? I mean, they, they, they walk for miles and miles. Yeah, I mean, so, so oh, oh they, they, they don't go to the doctor. Well, maybe they don't have insurance like you do. We, we got to have faith regardless. So, so whether you're single or married, you got to have faith. Whether you're with kids or without, you got to have faith. Whether you have a job or you don't, you got to have faith. So faith is always going to be required. Don't be moved by what people say. Uh-huh, just keep watching their life. If it's real faith, Bible faith, we'll see some evidence, some manifestation of what you're believing for. Faith gives substance to the things hoped for. And we talked about hope, and I asked you last week if you wrote down some, um, at least three things that you're hoping for. I hope you got that together so you can believe God. Um, and CSB says this, verse 2, says, For by this, or by faith, our ancestors were approved. Verse 3, let's look at verse 3. It says, um, verse 3 says this, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Through faith, we understand. I, I love that. Through faith, we understand. You get understanding by faith. Through faith, we understand. If educators can get a hold of this, and if you can get a child to believe or a student to believe they can learn it, you'll win them. No matter what the subject is, that child has to believe they can learn it. For through faith, we understand. How are you going to understand some things? Through faith. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. So what's the difference between those who tithe in faith and those who don't? Your faith will cause divine attractions to your sacrifice. Your faith will cause divine attraction to your sacrifice. Your faith will cause divine attraction to your life. A more excellent sacrifice than Cain. For by for by which he obtained witness that he was righteous and God testifying of his gifts and by it he being dead yet speaketh. <laughs> Your faith can outlive you. Let's look at this. This guy right here, I, I, I've always wanted to be like this guy. I, I, I really admire his walk with God above anybody else besides the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God, that he pleased God. 
Listen, he walked so close with God and God enjoyed the fellowship so much. He says, you got to come on up. I'm going to take you. And you don't see too many often um, people, the Lord taking people. There's only a couple people that he took. And, it's, and Enoch was one of them. The New Testament doesn't talk about the Lord taking someone. The New Testament talks about us going to be with him. Here, he took Enoch. He was walking with Enoch one day, and he just enjoyed the fellowship. He said, you know what? I got to suspend some things. I got to mess up some things. I'm just going to go ahead and take you. He didn't see death, for the Lord took him because he had this testimony. And verse 6 says, but, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Without faith, notice it didn't say without good works. We know good works are good, right? And we need to do some good works. We talk about that in Titus, talk about be zealous for good works. And here it says, for without good works, it's impossible. No, for without love, it's impossible. We know love is important. We know that love is greater than hope and faith. But yet, it doesn't say that without love. It doesn't even say without good works or without holiness, it's impossible to please him. It says, but without faith, because you can, quote unquote, be holy without faith. Not real holiness, but you can put on the facade of holiness and it not be of faith. Amen. First Timothy chapter six, verse 12 says we are, we are to fight the good fight of faith. So with all this, go with me to Romans chapter 10, Romans chapter 10. Faith that works. Faith that works. How, how, how does this faith work? Romans chapter 10, and, and let's look at verse 8. But what saith it, King James, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Here's Paul again quoting from the Old Testament. He's actually quoting from the law. He says, the word should be nigh thee, even in your mouth and in your heart, the word of faith which we preach. And he goes on and says, you should confess with your mouth, thy mouth the Lord Jesus, thou should believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, and thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. Let's stop there. With the heart man believes unto right standing with God. Faith is not of the mind, but is of the heart. You can have faith in your heart and doubt in your head. So man believeth unto righteousness with his heart. Faith is a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual grace. It's a spiritual force. It's not something that you get from seminary. And you know we're for seminary, right? Uh, it's something that comes from the word of God. Faith is of the heart. You can have faith in your heart and your mind telling you you're stupid, you're dumb, what are you doing? Faith in your heart. And it goes on and says, and believe with your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, for with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Salvation is not limited to the new birth, but it also means the healing of the body, the, the protection of the saints, and, and, the, and, and the provision of the Lord in the saints' life. So salvation, so your, your mouth and your heart will produce the reality of what grace accomplished. Your mouth and your heart, when your mouth and your heart line up, 
that's when you'll see the manifestation of what you're believing for. You can school yourself into faith by your mouth. It's not enough to believe. You got to open up your mouth and say something. Christianity is called the great confession. What you confess before men, you're talking about the name of Jesus and the new birth and the father. Then the Bible says, my father will confess you or the son will confess you before his holy father and his angels. It's our confession. So how, this faith that works, how does, how does faith work? It's, it has to be found in two places, in your heart and your mouth. I'm convinced that some believers, they only have faith working in one area, in their heart or in their mouth. Either they're saying a lot of stuff and yet they don't believe it, or they believe, but yet they're not saying it. Let's, let's, let's take a little rabbit trail. Uh, Mark, Mark chapter 11, I haven't said this since you left. Mark chapter 11, <laughs> Mark chapter 11. Let's go over there. Faith that works. It, I, I think it, 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 it would do us of good if we, we take this faith school and we just, just take the whole 2023 and just preach about it on, on a Wednesday night. Just like, just take our time and then you can look at it if you're not able to make it. Mark chapter 11, and let's look at verse 22 and 23. We see that Jesus just got finished cursing the fig tree and, you know, Peter, he, he had a really big mouth and he's like, wait a minute, you know, um, and, and the fig tree, yet Jesus spoke and cursed the fig tree, but they didn't see it until the next morning. So let's look at verse 22. He says, KJV, and Jesus answering said unto them, have faith in God. Turn to your neighbor and say, have faith in God. Say to yourself, faith in God. One translation actually gives us the, this little hint that says, have the same kind of faith that God has. Have the faith of God, not just faith in God. Have the same kind of faith that God has. Let's look at verse 23. For verily I say unto you that whosoever, say I'm a whosoever, shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he said. Let's just look at this a little bit real quick. He says, whosoever shall say unto this mountain. Now, I believe Jesus is pointing to an actual mountain. I don't believe that he is pulling something out of the sky. I believe that there was a mountain there, a mountain there before his disciples. That said, I'm not telling you to go find a mountain and, and, and speak to it. <laughs> Let's deal with the mountains that are in your life. Mountains representing problems or situations. Sometimes we are busy talking to the Lord about our mountains. He didn't tell us to climb up the mountains. I, I mean, never forget this commercial. I'm climbing up. <laughs> Y'all know? Oh, too young. Another generation. I'm sorry. Uh -huh. <laughs> Of the rough side of the mountain. Well, nobody told you to climb up the rough side of the mountain. <laughs> That's why the saints are tired. They're climbing up the rough side of the mountain. Jesus never told you to climb up the rough side of the mountain. He told you to speak to it. <laughs> I'm going to speak to it. I, some of the saints, they're like, oh, Lord, I'm tired. This journey, I'm just holding on. You know, I, you, you ask, how you doing? I'm holding on, yet holding on. What, what does that mean, yet holding on? Like you're barely making it. 
and yet holding on. No, see, grace got me wrapped up. And, 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 and the grace has empowered me. We were with some friends the other day, and, um, and, and the one um, wonderful, well, actually both of them, a godly men, a godly man and a godly woman, and, and he was, they were sharing about people getting up and giving testimonies. And, you know, sometimes they, oh, you know, the Lord delivered me from prostitution. The Lord delivered me from this and that. And, and he said, well, that's, that, that's not my testimony. I don't have a great testimony. And I, I put my hand on the shoulders. Oh, no, no. Your testimony is that's grace at its finest. <laughs> that the fact that you didn't go, that's grace. Grace kept you. Sometimes we magnify the worse the sin, right, the greater the grace. No, 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 no. Grace at its finest will keep you. That changes the dynamic of things. Oh, wonderful, Paul, that the fact that you were, used to be Saul and that you killed all these Christians, that's not, nothing to boast about. Actually, he says in Timothy, he says, actually, this is a display of the mercy of God and, and the patience of Jesus. So let's, let's raise up some Grace at its finest, kids. Amen. You don't have to have sex before marriage. Grace at its finest. You don't have to go this direction. Grace at its finest. Let, let's maximize that grace. Uh, you know, some people sometimes make you feel ashamed because you, you don't know, the, you know. No, no, no. Grace. I'm a display of grace. Not to boast, oh, I, I was kept by myself. No, grace. That whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thy removed, and be thy cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he said. Let's count. How many times does it say heart? Verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thy removed, be thy cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he said. How many times does it say heart? Once. Okay, what about say or saith? Whosoever shall say, now let's, verily I say unto you, let's not count that say, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. How many times? Three times. So you need to say three times as much of what you believe. Three times. Three times. So it's not enough to believe. Believe is one time. Doubt in the heart is one time. But you need to say three times more than what you believe. If you believe in God for healing, I am healed. By his stripes, I am healed. I believe that and I'm saying it. By his stripes, I'm healed. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. I'm putting the word on it. Amen. So what you say does matter. Faith is released through your words and your actions, what you do and what you say. It's not enough to say it. That's part of it, but you got to do it. You believe in God for a job. It's not enough to say, I thank you, Lord, for the job. Now you got to do some search for the job and get your resume together and not have a bootleg resume. And you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes people are operating in foolishness. Like, well, God's favor on me. And it doesn't have to be grammatically correct. And it doesn't have to be structured. No, they're not going to hire you. You disqualify your faith. Yeah. You make your faith of no use because they're going to look at this and say, why should I hire this person? You got you to do your part, right? I confess the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Guess what? I got to do some stepping. Even if it's in the wrong direction, in order to be directed into the right direction, I got to do some moving 
I got to walk. I got to say some things. I, I can't just stay in this place of I'm believing, believing, believing. I'm confessing, I'm confessing, confessing. And you're staying and you end up dying, not possessing it. You got to go and possess the land. You got to go do some things. Well, uh, Lord, uh, I, I, I don't want to speak. God, use me. God, use me. Oh, God, use me. And God gives you a platform to speak, a platform to express your faith and win others. We praise God by faith. Our praises are expressions of our faith. When we praise God, our faith has been released. You praise God for who he is and what he has done and what you're believing him for. Our salvation started with faith and it continues in faith and our redemption will be completed in faith. If you're believing God for something, then your response should be praise and thanksgiving. After you prayed the prayer of faith, you offer up thanksgiving and you continue to thank God until you see what you're believing for. Why this doesn't work for some Christians, they have what I call lazy faith. They don't ever say anything. They get tired. Well, I confessed it a hundred times. We'll confess it 10,000 more times. There was a woman of God, never forget the story. She was diagnosed with cancer. And she began to take the word of faith and confess that by the stripes of Jesus that she's healed. She began to call Jesus her healer. And she walked around her living room almost two or 3,000 times a day, wearing out the corners of that table, confessing that Jesus was her healer. And nothing changed for like eight or nine months. And by the 10th month, she was completely healed of the cancer. She was given up for to, to die. And I think sometimes that we give up too easily. We get weary in well-doing. It's not working. Keep saying it and you'll see that it's not working for you. Just flip that vinyl around and say, it's working. The word is working mightily in me and for me. It's go- it goes before me and prepares the way. The word is working. It's working even now. When I'm sleeping, my body is lining up with the word of God. When, I'm, when I wake up, whether God leads me to the right medicine or the right doctor or the specialist or heal me div- supernaturally, it's working for me. Amen. We're not against doctors. I, I don't even know we can talk about this, but it's all good. It, it's, it's just like people say, well, the church is not really talking about mental health and mental illness. Just like you have a cancer. If somebody has a cancer in their body, well, well we supposed to be professional enough to go and get the cancer out? I can give you faith in God, but you got to go see your doctor. Same way with mental issues and, and emotional issues, go see your therapist. I'm not here to, I mean, I'm not, the church is never meant to change, to replace these things but to echo what God says and echo being led by the spirit and God leading you to the right therapist, God leading you to the right doctor, God leading you to the right dentist, God leading you to the right positions and networking and connecting you with people. God uses relationships. I think sometimes people are sitting back waiting for God. I want to be married, but you got to put yourself in situations. Not, I'm not, let me me leave that alone. (laughs) You know, some of you, I want to be married, I want to be married. And then they're just home by themselves. Nobody's ever going to find you. No one's ever going to find you. Oh, uh, I don't want to go where the Christian, you go to the club, you're going to get a club man or woman. Go, go around, go to concert, gospel concerts. <laughs> you bump into somebody, oh, hey, what's up? <laughs> Let's go out to eat <laughs> with our friends because <laughs> I don't know you. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I don't know why I got into that. Uh, uh, you you, you got you to gotta do the natural. 
so God could put his super on it on your natural. You know, you, you got to think. <laughs> There's some Christians who don't think. I believe God. You, you got to think. You got to do something. I mean, when I pray for the sick and spent something physically, I tell them to check it. Move your body like you never could before. You got to do something. Faith is an action. It's not passive. It's active. It's alive. You got to do something with your faith. What, what are your goals? What are your dreams? What are your visions? You got to do something. Paying off that debt. If it's $20 extra, I believe God for extra $20. Don't start out with the $20,000. Start with the $20. Amen. Buildings and lands. Be faithful with what the building we got and look for another. And it may not be the building, but it could be an in-between building. Some steps. He leads by steps, not leaps. Step by step. The prophet, the prophetess Whitney Houston had it right. Step by step. Step by step, Christmas. Remember the Christmas, the Christmas, the actual Christmas movie with Whitney Houston that we were all voting for her to marry an angel <laughs> and commit adultery. Like what? What's going on here? I'm sorry. All right, let's look at this. Why faith is not working for some believers is because they have lazy faith. They only want to confess when they feel something. I feel like going on. I feel like praising. I f what, what, what do you do if, when you don't feel like it? Uh, you praise. <laughs> if you don't feel like confessing, even when you got tears running down your eyes, I confess that he's my healer. I confess he's my provider. When you got little money in the bank, I confess. When you got a lot, I still confess. You don't, you don't, you don't turn off the switch of faith. You keep it on. Faith is the currency of the kingdom. It's so powerful, it'll change your world. If you'll take this message of faith and apply it a year from now, you won't be the same. You'll be a different woman, a different man. Your kids will be different. A year from now, if you'll take what I'm saying, your whole life can change. Listen, I got a good friend, one of my best friends from high school. I shared with him the message of faith. He applied it and became very wealthy. I was like, what are you doing? What you taught, what I, what you taught me. Oh my goodness, what, what did I tell you? Can, can, can you send me back the messages? <laughs> and what he did is he applied that specifically to his career and his finances, and he saw the harvest of that. So whatever you apply it to, you'll see the harvest of it. And the monitor just went, praise the Lord. Whatever you apply it to, whether it's healing, marriage, singleness, parenting, <laughs> finances, growth in careers, whatever you apply it to, that's what you'll see the harvest. The harvest that I saw was the harvest in ministry because I began to apply these principles in ministry. He took the same principles and applied it to finances. So faith will work in every realm. It works the same. You hear it, you believe it, you confess it. So you should always be working your faith. You shouldn't get off of it. Let's look for different projects we can use our faith. 
Listen, um, I, I'm telling too much stories, but it's all good. I, I'm very private. Listen, I was invited to, um, no, I'm not going to share that. <laughs> you must confess the promises of God, including, and now this is a tricky one, including prophecies. What happens is people give a, get a prophetic word, and they expect somehow that the prophetic word to actually happen automatically. The Bible tells, Paul tells Timothy to war with your prophecy. Use that prophecy and speak it. Take hold of it. Does it have greater weight than the word of God? No, we know the word of God is the sure foundation. But if, it cons if it's consistent with the scripture and consistent with your spirit, you speak that prophetic word. You, can, you speak it. You say what you believe that God is calling you to. You say it. What's the prophetic word that you may have received in years, years ago? And you stop believing it. And it stopped manifesting. Pick it back up. Who told you to let go of that? I got a prophetic word that I would have one time 10,000 teenagers. I let it fall. I'm picking it back up. It's going to happen here. Amen. Amen. Faith is one of the most important foundational truths every believer needs to know what, and you need to know what it is and how to use it. We're saved by faith, by grace alone, by faith alone, in Christ alone. So faith is necessary to get into the kingdom, and it's necessary to function in the kingdom. Let's go to a couple more scriptures, and I think I'm going to let you go. First John chapter 5. You know, this is like our last service before Christmas. We'll have a short Christmas presentation and I'll give a, a, a team word, a little short word. And then we're going to probably have some food or something. I don't know. We'll figure out, figure out that. Somebody mentioned like, can we have some food for Christmas Eve? So maybe we can do that. I don't know. If somebody want to take it and run with it. <coughs> also, oh, my, my bad. It's a surprise. My bad. Surprise. Surprise. PD with some. No addition tickets. <clears throat> First John chapter five. <laughs> They're coming back to the Prudential Center. Uh, verse one. <laughs> speak to the mountain. I speak that there is not that I get seats on the side, close to the stage, not on the floor, close to the stage that I can see them. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no foundation. I mean, what? what, what I, I, you know, I can't have faith for that because that's there's no promise for it. I can make my petition. No. Verse 5. <laughs> chapter 5, verse 1. Whoever, whosoever, believeth that Jesus Christ is, Jesus is, a, now don't go out and buy those tickets. I'm serious. Don't do that. Um, whosoever. <laughs> I got to see Bobby. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him Begot, that begot loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcomes, overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. So we are world overcomers. Come on. Yeah. 
I'm looking at a bunch of world overcomers. You overcome every trial. You win every single time. Why do you win? Romans 8 says you are more than a conqueror because Jesus already conquered it. That makes you more than a conqueror. You don't have to conquer. Your job is to fight the good fight of faith, walk in the victory that he's already won. So because you believe in the victor, it makes you an overcomer. He overcame the flesh, the world, the sin, and the devil. So you are world overcomers. I'm looking at a bunch of world overcomers. Amen. You overcome suicide. You overcome depression. You overcome defeat. You overcome bad habits. You overcome anger. You overcome strokeholds and curses. You are overcomers. You you constantly overcome. And if you'll keep overcoming, at the end of this life, when you enter into eternity, he'll give you a reward for overcoming. Amen. He gives you the power, the strength, the ability, the faith to overcome every single time. You are winners. You're not, you're not, I'm survivor. I'm, you're not a survivor. You're more than a survivor. Amen. 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 Conquer that anger. Conquer that poor situation. Conquer lust. Conquer every disease. Conquer that weight. Conquer that mindset. Conquer that attitude. Conquer that drama in your family. Conquer unforgiveness. Conquer hatred. Conquer dysfunction. Come on, we're we're overcomers. We're overcomers. We're overcomers. Conquer that bill. Conquer that debt. One giant at a time. (laughs) One giant at a time. You got $155,000 worth of debt and student loans, one student loan at a time. I believe God for the $200. I believe God for the $2,000. Come on. That's how we overcome. That's how we overcome. Overcome the offenses. I refuse to be offended. I'm a world overcomer. I'm a world overcomer. I'm overcoming every day. I'm overcoming the alarm clock. I wake my butt up. I overcome prayerlessness. I've overcome a fastless life. Amen. Amen. Faith that works. Glory to God. Faith that works. Faith that works. Let me, let me give you, we're going to have to continue this in the new year. <laughs> um, let, let me give you this one thing right here. The prayers you pray when you first got saved isn't enough. God expects you, to, you and I to develop our faith. Faith for healing, faith for finances, faith for singleness, faith for marriage, faith for children, faith for grandchildren, faith for our jobs, faith for our church. Come on, faith everywhere. And I gave you those ingredients, those eight ingredients last week. And Minister Angel sent out the email. The first one, I'm going to leave you with the first one. It's the word of God. The word of God doesn't come by reading the Bible alone. It doesn't come by hearing sermons or listening to the, the Bible on Audible. It is, listen to this, this is going to change your life right here. I promise you and I prophesy to you that you'll grab hold of this. Your whole world is about to change right here. Faith comes by hearing the word behind the word. So what do you mean, Pastor Dwayne? Let's go to Romans 10. Romans 10, read this ESV and KJV. Romans chapter 10. Why behind the word? What do you think he meant by that? 
Romans chapter 10. I hear some of y'all thinking. Romans chapter 10, this is my last scripture. Romans 10, Romans 10. Hear the word behind the word. Romans chapter 10. So most believers, let me, let me prove what I'm saying. Um, how does faith come? Hearing what? The word. The word. The word. <laughs> you got the answer. Romans 10, 9, uh, 10 chapter, chapter 10, verse 17. King James. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10, 17, King, uh, ESV. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Now in the Greek, King James did us injustice by putting God in there, the word of God. It actually, in the Greek, it's the word of Christ. But it isn't just any kind of word. Right, we got the logos, right? It's the rhema word. So faith doesn't come just by reading the Bible. Faith just doesn't come by hearing a good word. It comes by hearing the spoken word. Spoken to your spirit. Hearing the word behind the word. The, the living word. Faith can only come when you have heard from him. Yeah. What scripture do you have? The Bible says, today if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Hear his voice. He's spoken. And when he speaks to you, even in the passages, as you're reading the scriptures, he speaks to you. It goes to your spirit. It's not no, no longer a, a, a mental thing, mental assist, assent. But it's, 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 it's not, you're not mentally agreeing with the word. It becomes alive to you. Yeah. The scripture says, John 15 says this, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will and it'll be done for you. The word of God abides in us to the extent that we're living it. And so when you hear the word of God, not just the written of the logos, when you actually hear the word of God with spiritual ears, this is why Jesus is constantly saying, he that has ears, let him hear. Yeah. It's not enough to hear what I'm saying, but it's to hear it with spiritual ears. Yeah. Hearing the rhema. The Bible says this in Matthew 4. It says, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. For years and for decades, I preach that talking about hearing the word, the writ, just a good sermon. Or living by the, 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 what you read. But I'm of the persuasion because in the Greek it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. The word Christ means the anointed one. It takes the anointing. The anointing produces faith. When you hear the word spoken, the, the anointing goes to work in, in your heart and it produces faith. You can witness to two different individuals. You, you witness to one person, they don't get hold of it. They don't have faith. You witness to somebody else, they grab hold of it and get born again. What, what was the difference? They heard the word, the spoken word. They heard the voice of God, not necessarily audible voice. They heard God spoke to their spirit. All of a sudden, they came, they, oh my goodness, I need to get born again. That word was quickened inside of them. And I'm saying to you that when you hear the word behind the word, in other words, you hear the word and it quickens you, that's where faith comes. Yeah, yeah. One day it goes from 1 Peter 2.24, by whose stripes you were healed. All of a sudden, by his wound, oh, you were healed. Oh, God. So every wound that he took provided healing in my body. Oh, God. That, and, and in your mind, but the eye of faith, you see your sickness upon him. And you see healing been, been transferred from, from, his, from him to you. Yeah, yeah. 
The same spirit that rose Christ from the dead makes alive your mortal body. That same spirit that got him up from the grave gets you up out of your debt, gets you, out of, gets you up out of your sin. That same spirit will get you off of that sick bed. It, it quickens because you hear, you hear with the ears of faith. And you hear the word, and that word becomes alive. And now you have real faith. There's some people who are parents, and they're just saying they're empty. They're saying all the right stuff. I'm blessed and highly favored. And it's not real to them. When you're really blessed and highly favored, it's because you realize Christ in you, the hope of glory. You got the blessed one on the inside of you. So I'm so blessed that my, my, my poverty can't stay. I'm so blessed my, my sickness can't stay in my body. Demonic thoughts can't stay in my mind. I'm so blessed. Oh, the anointing on my mind. It changes my mind. I don't only have a, a, a understanding of the word. I have a working knowledge of that word. Amen. That's what I'm, I'm challenging you. Come on up. Stop just listening to the word on audible. Let it become alive to you or just hear a good sermon. When, it, when will it become real to you? When with, with real faith, because faith will move mountains. And some people don't have real faith. They have fake faith. And when you hear the word, the real word of God, it'll do something in your soul. It'll change your heart and change your mind. You, you hear the real word of God, it becomes alive. It's not just some, some words on the page, but it's alive. And you put into practice. What you hear, then you'll see the results. Amen. If you hear every eye closed, every head bow, you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ and the part in your sins, I want to extend this invitation to you. You might have heard the word of God today, and I'm asking you, I beseech you, my brothers and my sister, if you will come and say, Pastor Dwayne, I need this Jesus that you mentioned. There's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun, and today is your day of salvation. If you're online and you send this, contact the, inf the, the ministry and we'll get some information to you so that you can hear the word of God and be born again. The greatest miracle is for a person's heart to change from a heart of stone into a heart of flesh. Today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart, let him in. He'll come in and change you forever. If anybody here says, Pastor Dwayne, I need to receive Christ. I want you to be bold and brave enough to lift your, up your hand and say, that's me. I want to receive Christ. Is there anyone here who want to be rededicated to the Lord? Be bold enough and brave enough to raise your hand. And number three, if you, you can't speak in tongues and you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, raise your hand and we'll pray for you. And the last one is if you're looking for a church home, KLM is a great place. We're growing and outgrowing this present building and we're going to change the world for the glory of God. If you want to join this wonderful church, I want you to be bold and brave enough to raise your hand. He said, I, this is my home. I want to make you my pastor. I want to make this my home. If you, if you are here and you want any of those four categories, I want you to raise your hand and we'll, we'll pray with you. Pray for you. Let's pray for those online. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Father God, I come to you in Jesus' name. I confess that Jesus is Lord. I believe in my heart that God raised Christ from the dead. And I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, I want to welcome you into the family of God. It's not faith in your words, but faith in Christ. So welcome to the, faith, the family of God, and we invite you to contact the ministry, and we'll get some information how to walk this walk. God bless you.
Thank you, Lord. Amen. I believe somebody prayed that prayer, whether it was across the world in some remote country, heard that message. I believe we'll see it in heaven. I believe that. I believe that this word to God will not return unto God void. And if you're here, you didn't want to join this church. I want you to be bold enough and brave enough to come see one of the ministers and we'll lead you into a prayer of commitment and covenant. Amen. Amen. Did you get something out of this? Amen. Faith that works. Faith that works. It's working. The word is working. It's working mightily in us, causing us to grow and be more like Jesus. Amen. Amen. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.